Okay, welcome back to another episode of the Spotlight Series. This is a show where we choose genre every month and choose some of the best movies in that genre to review. So this is a new month and we are doing whodunits, mystery movies. And like I said, Katie and Greg are just fucking putting the team on their back. <laughs> just like that one meme, or was it a, uh, I forgot what Green Bay player it was, the guy was playing Madden. He like puts the whole team on his back, <laughs> but they put the team on their back. And so they chose tons of great mystery movies. But tonight we are doing Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery. Why isn't it called Knives Out 2, Otis? Well, Rian Johnson did not want to do that because he said that these are separate situations. This isn't part two. We're not going to see Chris Evans come back and be like, man, I got out of jail. <laughs> Kill Marta. No. This is just Benoit dealing with another case. And so he was actually a little salty that he had to put the Knives Out mystery part in it. He's like, it's just glass onion, honestly. But, you know, Netflix was talking to him like, no, you need to put Knives Out somewhere so they know that it's connected to that world. And I get both sides of it, but hey, what are you going to do? So this is a standalone sequel to the 2019 film Knives Out. So Daniel Craig, he's still playing Benoit Blanc, and he is taking on a new case revolving around a tech millionaire, fucking Elon Musk, no, Miles Braun, and his closest friends, and probably this ensemble cast, they are metaphors for real people in this world. Uh, my boy Batista, he's like this like Andrew Tate-ish kind of person. Mm-hmm. Like I said, every, like I said, <laughs> there's a lot of metaphors to this bad boy. But we see, oh, my girl, ooh, Janelle Monet. Ooh, Janelle Monet. Ooh, Catherine Hahn. Leslie Odom Jr. I mean, you, ooh. Uh, ooh, Jessica Henwick. Ooh, mm. Madeline Klein. Leslie Odom Jr. out here. He's uh, looking great. Aaron Burr, sir. Yeah. Woo! Kate Hudson. Uh, I haven't seen her in a hot minute, and she was looking great in this movie. She has an age since she was 18, so yeah. she looked good. And hey, holy shit, it's Dave Batista doing acting that's not just comedies this was a straight this was a comedy but he's out there really trying to be more than just like i'm a wrestler and i can do silly stuff i can be drax yeah yeah i can actually do other types of movies so you know thumbs up from him guys got range yes i'm very happy about that so this sequel's weird because it was greenlit by the original distributor lionsgate in 2020 COVID times but in march of 2021 netflix bought the rights to two Knives Out sequels for $469 million. Sweet Jesus. Uh, so Lionsgate was like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> Took that money and giggled and ran out the room. So this one is on location, which happens with a lot of sequels to things. You know, it, you know, first movie, uh, Greg, and then the second one, Greg in space. You know, you got to go somewhere different. Can't just be in the same neighborhood. So, uh, yeah, but this is, just, this is just another case of Benoit dealing with murder and mystery afoot this one gets v- really twisty and really crazy with this one but it comes with sequels you got to kind of up the ante with this which is absolutely crazy so katie what do you think about glass onion a knives out mystery um i liked it i think the first one was better greg <laughs> very brief on that um <laughs> I, I too thought the first one was better um However, that does not take away from my enjoyment of the second one by any yep. means. Um, yeah. 
completely different cast, completely different vibe as far as first you had an entitled rich family. Now you just have these these up and these once up and comers who have now taken their place in popular culture, but are also pretty, but at the same time just as despicable as the family from the first from the first one. Um, um, not maybe not as well balanced as far as the the delivery of 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 the laughter and the comedy. I think this time for me it was more about the. I more so enjoyed the plot over the cast, which, whereas last time it was more of a balance between cast and plot. And this time I very much lean more more into the plot, but still very much enjoyed it. Um, twists and turns and all. Not the brightest guy when it comes to, to film, so sometimes I got to, you know, hit rewind for about 20 seconds to hear something stated again. But no, that's just how I am with kind of OCD in light of nature. But nonetheless, very much enjoyed it. Very much enjoyed watching it again. And like the first one, this will be something that I continue to go to throughout my life. So I'm going to share the sentiments of my two great friends here. This movie was good. That is your wife, sir. Yeah. Am I, okay. My wife and my really good friend. <laughs> she is a friend also. She's a really good friend and a wife. I don't know where I was going. See, you <laughs> fucked me up, Greg. <laughs> I was trying to save it. I was trying to save the fumble, but then I just like gave it to the other team. I don't know what I'm doing. So I really like this movie and I went back and watched it again. Just, you know, just to catch up on things. I loved it. The cast. I don't know how you can do it twice in a row ensemble wise, but I enjoyed this ensemble. Sure, there were some dips and there were some people that should have gotten more shine in this film and people that really shouldn't have got as much shine, honestly. But I loved the cast. The plot had its moments, but it was more twisty and mystery than the first one, which I thought would be really hard to do because that one was... Oh, see, I disagree. In points, because there's a twist, the first big twist, you know, and it's like... Oh, well, shit, really? Oh, this whole time. Well, that's fucking weird. So there were moments in it, but as a whole, like Greg said, this movie, not as good as the first Knives Out. Like I said, if the, if Knives Out was a 9 out of 10, this is like a 8, 7.8 I'm hoping this situation. is just a sophomore slump and the third one comes back with a vengeance. I mean, if we're calling this a sophomore slump, they're still doing pretty dang good. Absolutely. absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no. This is it's still fucking good. I, I'm i fine with metaphors for things. Um, you know, I watch a scary movie every fucking week. And the newer it is, there's going to be metaphors for things. You know, uh, my boy Jordan Peele, everything he does has some underlying, this is what I'm really talking about. And every character in this movie was very specific to like honestly a real person out in the world which i was fine with it's just i don't know there were moments and i was like okay okay you're that person that's cool i guess oh okay oh murder there we go it just i don't know maybe he went with more of let's learn more about the characters kind of situation because there were a lot of scenes where they were just talking with each other but they were building up the suspense of the first murder when it was going to happen but i really liked this film i liked it but i mean it ain't knives out <laughs> which usually sequels not usually sometimes sequels 
just explode and are way better than the first one, you know? Like fucking Terminator 2. But this one, it ain't bad. Nate Knives out, though. <laughs> so we'll get through this story, and there are spots where it kind of reverses and fully explains what goes down. So I'll try my best to kind of make it just a straight line. But yeah, this, this one has moments where it, there was a big jump, like 40 minutes in. It's like a 30-minute scene where they're like, this is what really happened. And I'm like, fuck, they're still in this flashback. And I'm like, fuck, that's a long flashback. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it, it can be a bit much for people. Um, my way of judging films of if it's a solid film or not, I think about my mom. So my mom loved movies. We watched a ton of scary movies together. But if you put a movie on, I think about would my mom get up to start laundry with the movie still going? Or would she like start making dinner? And she's like, oh, I'm watching it. I'm watching it as it's going. Or would she sit there the whole time and watch it? Um, I think she would get pretty far into this movie. But then at some point, she'd probably do some laundry because it's just a bit much. But like I said, she would like it. You know, Leslie Odom Jr., he's cool. So we'll get through this bad boy. So this film, this plot happens during the COVID-19 pandemic. It's so May 2020. This is like the nitty gritty kind of COVID-y times. You know, it started, what, March? That's when it got like, you need to sit your ass at home. I'm like, oh. <laughs> basically, every sporting event was shutting down. Yeah, it was this the sad spots. So we meet up Miles Braun. So he's a billionaire co-founder of this technology company that does everything. And so Alpha is their name. And he sends out these mystery boxes to his five friends. And so the head scientist, Lionel Toussaint, uh, that's Leslie Odom Jr., and a governor of Connecticut, Claire, and controversial fashion designer and model, Birdie J. Boy, howdy. And the controversial part of her is uh, they bring up multiple moments where she was just tweeting out slurs and did blackface because she was like, I was doing a Beyonce thing. I'm like, mm. yeah, <laughs> it's it's funny. They don't fully explain them, but it's just, they give you just enough. Like, oh, she did blackface. Oh, no. Well, <laughs> you can you can just make your assumptions based on popular culture like this shit that she's done. Oh, yeah. Like think of the highest fashion influencers that you can think of, like the Kardashians or the Hadids or whoever. Yeah. And then, you know. You scroll back too far in anybody's tweets and there's just some wild shit back there. Yeah, like, and then, then they, they make a post like, and they're crying. They're like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I didn't mean to. I didn't know that putting black makeup on my face <laughs> to be Beyonce was wrong. <laughs> and then they dip off of social media for a month or two and they come back. Hey, y'all, I'm back. So yeah. we get a men's rights streamer, Duke Cody. It's Batista. He's playing a, like I said, He's playing an Andrew Tate type of character. You know, it's got, you know, men, men are the best. And you got to, you know, talk them up. Everybody's the best, Cody. So, and co-founder, Cassandra Brand. And so all five of them are delivered this wooden puzzle box, which is fucking awesome. And they all team up and work it out. And it's, it all works to their strengths. It's because there was like a chess spot and there was a, uh, what a pictogram is what it's called like mm-hmm. the eye illusion situation everyone gets to shine in the puzzle and so we see cassandra or andy andy gets her box and she's sitting in her garage 
And she just pulls out a hammer and breaks it open. She's like, I don't got time for this shit. And gets her invitation to the island. So Miles invites everybody to his island in Greece, private island in Greece, for a murder mystery game. It's going to be a weekend where they party and drink and sunbathe and figure out who, quotation mark, killed Miles at his home called the Glass Onion. And boy, howdy, that is a very literal term. (laughs) So the five, well, the four friends and the kind of, kind of friend make it to the island. And we see that Birdie, Birdie J, her assistant Peg comes and Duke's girlfriend Whiskey comes. And also Benoit Blanc joins them. So we see a little bit earlier in the movie, Benoit is not taking to COVID times as good as some people actually a lot of people did not like just sitting at home all day for the folks that like i could go without talking to somebody for like a month they were in hog heaven but the people that love interactions and just like living your life and not being forced to do stuff it was hell on earth so benoit is playing not the last of us what is it called among us among us among us yeah uh he's playing among us with awesome other detectives detectives. and so i don't know if it's technically angela lansbury or if she no it is her name was uh, angie damn it it'd be cool if it was her character the character from murder she wrote and she's real in that world i'm like that's so fucking cool (laughs) no but it was stephen sonheim because of assassins and angela lansbury because of murder Murder she wrote wrote. and kareem abdul jabbar he's a basketball player and a awesome martial artist in his own right. He's the guy to kick the shit out of Bruce Lee in the game of death. He makes tons of stories and comic books about the other Holmes brother, not Sherlock. Fuck that guy. We're talking about Mycroft, the, the thick, smarter brother, and the one that doesn't like drugs as much. <laughs> Sherlock. Wait, wait, Kareem does that? Yeah. I saw him at Comic Con. He was talking about it. I had no idea. Yeah. And so that's why he's there because he loves mysteries. And so I was like, for a second, I was like, why is Kareem? Oh, he loves mysteries. He's probably a fucking great detective in his own right. And then the fourth one was, oh, it was him. Yeah. Yeah. So they are playing Among Us. And it's funny, just behind the scenes, Rian Johnson was trying to explain Among Us to Angela Lansbury. And she was like, I don't get it. Just just show me my lines and I'll, I'll, I'll get through this. <laughs> but she didn't understand what the game is. It's like, it's, you know, social deduction. She's like, so like, I like stab people in the face. I'm an alien. Yes. And then I don't care. Just tell me my lines. I mean, she was like 96. (laughs) So (laughs) like, yeah, grand, great grandchildren. They play it. I'm sure Stephen Sondheim did not have a great time trying to figure this out either. (laughs) He was old as hell. Both of them. (laughs) All of them. So we see that Benoit, he's just sitting in a bathtub. Uh, It seems from his, well, at this point, it's just someone else in the home with him. But it's you know, it's got to be some loved one in the home. Yells, "Are you in the bathtub again?" And he's like, "No." <laughs> and so, like I said, he's not taking Alfred basically. Yeah, he's not taking the COVID times as good as other people. But he gets one of the wooden puzzle boxes. He's like, "What the fuck is this?" And so he meets up with everybody to join the mystery murder mystery game on the island. So before dinner. Miles shows off his like valuable like glass like sculptures and stuff and as well he shows off the Mona Lisa 
And everyone's like, oh, why do you have a copy of the Mona Lisa here? And he's like, just stays quiet. And they're like, no, you don't. That's not the Mona Lisa, bro. And he's like, yeah. He's like, the Louvre, they were like hurting for money. And I have a lot of money. So I got it on loan from the Louvre. And he's like, holy shit, that's awesome. And I thought it was really cool. So the painting from Mona Lisa has the most awesome defenses. So anytime a loud enough sound happens, this like, giant glass like covering just covers the painting. So they're like, that loud sound might be something that might damage this painting. So <laughs> it just turtles up instantly. And Same so, thing with fire. It like recognizes when there's fire nearby. Yeah, it's fucking cool. So there is a button to just override everything. And he has in the house. But he's like, yeah, that's the only way I can like look at this. Unless I'm just walk, walking up completely quiet. <laughs> So Miles is a bit confused because when he sees Benoit, he's like, oh, shit, Benoit Blanc. Like, you're like an awesome detective. You like solve all these crimes. I don't understand why you're here. And he's like, I got an invitation. He's like, I didn't give you one. I gave my four friends and my co-founder invitation. He's like, well, I got one. He's like, oh, that's fucking weird. Oh, OK, whatever. You can stay. <laughs> he's like, it's weird. And he assumes that one of the other players sent him the invitation as a joke. And we'll see what happens with that. So we see that Miles is, Miles has everyone at his glass onion, his home, because he is showing off his new hydrogen-based alternative fuel he calls clear with a K, clear. And he is going to show this off. He's going to launch it really soon. And he's bringing all of the like world leaders to his home like next week to show off this new fuel that we can use now lionel and claire have tons of concerns because this shit's untested and very dangerous and they're like i will be fine it's like but what if we're not fine miles and he's like you worry too much come on we're gonna make money and they're very grumpy and honestly the whole time they're a bit grumpy about this so as they sit down to get the murder mystery started, Benoit, he instantly solves it. And he's like, oh, okay, cool. So the crossbow is aimed at you, Miles. So that's how you're going to get murdered. And Birdie is at a complete, like, legit triangle from you. So she's probably got a remote on her body to shoot the arrow off. And because of this old picture of her and this jewel she had, you're probably hiding that jewel from her. And that's why she got revenge. Give me my iPad. <laughs> <laughs> and so that was supposed to be the whole weekend and all these clues around the island. And Benoit instantly solves it. And he says he feels good because it's been probably a whole year since he solved anything. And he's like, this feels fucking great. He's, he's like, I don't know, a kid on sugar. He's like, you got anything else for me to solve? Like, I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. So Miles in the group, they're like, well, um, well, I'm a dip. I was kind of here just for that and other reasons. But I mean, since we don't have this murder mystery to do, I'm just going to go home tomorrow. And Miles is like, no, you got to stay. You got to stay because, you know, I, I missed you guys and I'm alone here. <laughs> so privately, Benoit warns Miles that a lot of these guests have motive to probably want to kill him or do something bad to him. Miles like, oh, these are my friends. Why would they do that? And he's like, well, you know, I can show you some stuff, but you're not that liked of a guy and all these people know you really good and it just feels weird. And the fact that I'm here, someone wanted me to be here, which makes me think that 
a real murder is gonna happen <laughs> and he it makes sense in the first knives out movie he got an anonymous summons and money to help solve the murder and so he's like i'm here because someone gave me money i don't really know why oh shit a murder oh i'm here for this okay cool and he solves it he's so the same thing happens again he's like i don't know why i'm here i am betting that something bad's gonna happen and miles is like get out of here <laughs> so at this point there's a ton of arguing so we see just behind the scenes we see duke is trying to work out a deal with miles so he can be on tv with the company and his girlfriend is secretly having sex with miles and duke sees it and he's pissed off in the bushes and it just it seems like everybody's trying to get one over on miles but alternatively miles is just bamboozling everybody too so it's the whole situation of i have all this money and you are my, you are my real close friends are like yeah man we're your friends give me some more money yeah friends forever I'm like, shit, that sucks. But they're playing it both ways, which is kind of crazy. So Andy, she's, everyone asks, why are you here, Andy? You hate all of us because of reasons. And they don't explain the reasons, but they're like, okay, it's been a couple of months. You know, it's been a little, no, actually it's been a week or two since a situation happened. You know, are you mad at us? Are you going to get revenge? Are you going to try to kill us, Andy? And she's like, I just want to know the truth. And no one really tells her the truth, but Duke kind of says, okay. We're on this golden titty and we're, we're drinking the milk real good. And you're not on the titty with us. And so why are you salty at us? Because we're doing this. And so Andy storms off. And so we see Duke takes a drink of his booze and dies. And so we instantly go back a little bit earlier in the movie. Duke's like, Hey, is there pineapple in this? I don't, I don't mess around with pineapple. So he got poisoned. Someone put pineapple in his drink. But then Miles sees that the drink, the glass that Duke drank from was Miles's. So they all had their name on their drinks. And so he's like, oh shit, that poison was for me. He's like, one of you sons of bitches wants to kill me. <laughs> so the police are summoned, but they're not get there until morning. So Benoit tells everybody, hey, go to your rooms and lock the doors and then we'll reconvene at 5 30 a.m and get the fuck off this island because somebody here is dangerous they discover that duke's pistol that he goes everywhere with is missing it's not on duke's dead body miles tells everybody uh at 10 o'clock it's gonna get even stupider on the island like what do you mean and the power goes off so that was part of the murder mystery and he forgot to turn it off so everyone's in the dark and they freak out and split up because that's how it works. So in the dark, Benoit finds Andy and they're talking about this. And he's like, I just need a little more. I need more connections to this because something isn't right. It's like, it's something missing to this. And an unseen bad guy, a shadowy figure shoots Andy and Andy dies. <laughs> I'm like, holy shit, Janelle Monet, get up, girl. So at this point, Benoit tells the group that he has solved Andy's murder. And we get the, the most extended flashback you'll ever fucking see in a movie. It could be its own movie. Boom. We find out that Andy actually died a week earlier, apparently by suicide. And her twin sister, Helen, <laughs> hired 
Benoit to investigate. So Helen is the one that we have seen this whole movie. And Helen has a Southern accent. And so I was like, oh, that's cool. And so at this point, we see a flashback. And we see that Andy was in charge of Alpha. And she actually was the one that halted the development of the new fuel because it's super dangerous and they shouldn't be messing with stuff like that. So Miles had to remove the CEO and his case was aided because the friends, uh, they testified that Miles made this plan by himself and Andy didn't help at all. So it's like, it's his idea. So she can't sue for Miles taking her idea. He made it on his own. They're like, you sons of bitches. You know, I made this. So, uh, cause they understood that like, well, Miles is the, he's a gravy train. Like he likes us and you really don't like us as much. So we're going to go with that guy. <laughs> so we see that Andy had the, a photo of the original napkin still in her possession. And so she's like, I have the proof. I'm going to bust this and you all are getting fucked because of this. And then unfortunately, Helen, the sister suspects that someone in the group killed Andy because of this email she sent out and stole the napkin to protect Miles. So Andy's death isn't public knowledge, which I don't understand how that works, but it sounded like they didn't have family and it was just Andy and Helen. So I guess if you don't tell anybody that someone's dead, they won't say anything. But the body, like someone grabbed the body, I assume, like the police. Well, yeah, the police would know and... Who's to say someone in the police or the hospital who that dealt with her body didn't say something? Yeah. So like, there's a lot of people once EMS has control of it that would have said that had the ability to say something because she's so famous. Yeah. So Benoit says that since the news isn't out yet, I may be able to hold this off for a little bit. And then he stops and he's like, I have an idea. It's a bit crazy, but I like it. And Helen's like, what is it? He's like, you are going to pose as Andy at this party because you see the invitation and you're going to help me investigate this because another set of eyes is always better. And so just like in the first movie, when he had Marta be his uh, Watson, now he's got Janelle Monet as his Watson in this. And so we poof back. <laughs> Actually, we don't poof all the way back to the beginning. We see that Helen was helping Benoit this whole time on the island. So there's multiple scenes where you see from the point of view of Benoit watching somebody, but then a weird sound would happen and you assume that it was Benoit making the sound. But no, it was Helen behind Benoit doing it. And so it's like the scene where Duke sees his girlfriend having sex with Miles. Actually, he was fine with it. But then you see that Benoit was watching him and a weird sound happens, it was actually Helen walking by trying to sneak to get a better angle on it. So this whole movie is so many layers, like an onion. And it was really crazy. It, it kind of blew my mind, this point of the movie. They hit us with the twist of, oh, it's a twin. Oh, shit. And they've been in cahoots the whole time. Oh, shit. <laughs> and so it just kind of, I don't know, it, it just made everything kind of explode in my head. So Helen discovers all the motives for Miles's friends to protect Miles. So Lionel and Claire, they have their reputations like 
on this new fuel. And so they want to make sure it works because if this shit, you put this in a, I don't know, an airplane and the plane's flying for a while and just fucking implodes. They're like, whoever made this, you're ruined. And they're like, I don't want to be ruined. (laughs) So Miles is rescuing Birdie because of her choice on sweatshops for her sweatpants. And Birdie's an absolute idiot. So she assumed that sweatshops were what you call the place that makes sweatpants instead of a sweat shop you are really dumb for real so miles is helping her out with that and duke hopes miles gives him a show on alpha news and he's a mess and he actually got banned from twitch which it's actually not that hard anymore uh it used to be really hard to get banned back in the day you could be on the screen showing your butthole and you'd be fine but now it's kind of it's kind of easy to get banned now so and Helen discovers that each of the friends visited Andy's home on the day she died. <laughs> so there's a whole just bubble of it could be anybody. So Helen searches all the rooms, but she doesn't find a napkin. And then when Helen is shot, we see that Andy's journal in her pocket stops the bullet. So that must have been the tiniest fucking bullet that came out of that gun. And so Benoit fakes her death, uses some Jeremy Renner hot sauce (laughs) with his face on the bottle you can actually see his face and pours hot sauce on helen's body and puts hot sauce in his eyes so he can cry on his face close to his yeah it looked like it blinded him instantly (laughs) it would have blinded him instantly if he actually put it in his eyes (laughs) so with helen officially dead to everybody on the island she goes and searches Miles' office, which is what she should did at the beginning. So Benoit deduces that Miles committed both of the murders. So he killed Andy after figuring out she had the napkin, but Duke saw him leaving. And so Duke kind of has something on Miles, and that's their whole relationship. And so he's attempting to blackmail him. And so there was a post that duke saw on his phone he's like hey google showed me my numbers on twitch i'm doing great hey miles come over here and look at my numbers it wasn't numbers for twitch it was a picture saying that andy is dead and he's like oh what the these numbers are great ha 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 and he's like hey we should talk about that whole news thing and i'm on your tv channel he's like yeah that sounds good instantly no type of emotion changed they were like yeah that sounds great And they hug. And I'm like, shit, these are not friends. (laughs) They are not friends to each other. So Miles fucking murders him with pineapple juice like four minutes later. And it's funny. The scene actually changes. There's different instances of Miles actually not switching the glasses. And there's one scene where he actually, I don't know, I even know how you do it. It was so smooth. He puts the glass in Duke's hand. As he sits down, he just hands it to him. This is very much like, here, I brought you a drink. But he didn't like look at him when he did. He was like, hey, look at Birdie. She's dancing. And just like, it was it was the, the coolest pass off. And then another scene, you see that Miles hugs Duke. And then if you look really quick, he like reaches behind his shirt for a reason. I thought, I was like, oh, he's tucking his shirt in. No, he stole the gun off of Duke and put it in his back pocket. I'm like, holy shit. And it's cool that they put those scenes in there. So you'd be like, oh, he did it right then. And he steals his phone. So at this point, it's crazy. And so 
Duke's pistol was the one that he shot Helen with. And so Helen finds Andy's napkin in the office and reveals her identity to the group. And everybody's like, what the fuck? So at this point, it got a bit silly for me, kind of. So Miles gets close enough to the napkin and burns it. And Miles is like, y'all don't got shit on me. Uh, that dude died because he was drinking pineapple juice. We can get past that point. And no one else got shot or anything. And I should probably kill you, but we good. And he's like, hey, I'm good if y'all are good. And all the friends are like, yeah, I'm not going to testify against him. I can still get money out of this. I'm still good. And Benoit tells Helen that he's done all he can. He's like, I got the evidence. I got you what you needed. That's kind of where my powers end. And earlier in the movie, he tells Helen that I'm not Batman. I'm not going to go in here, get the clues and beat the people up. That's not my shit. But the thought was cool that they added that he's not a fighter. He probably can fight. But he's James Bond. Yeah, but that's not his thing. He gets the info and he's like, then the cops take care of that. So here you go. So he leaves. <laughs> he scoots out and he goes outside to sit and smoke a cigar. And hands or something. Yes. So we see that Helen goes bananas and breaks all of these glass sculptures, starts tearing the place up. And then Miles's friends are like, yeah, I like that. And they start breaking stuff too. And they all just start breaking shit. And then Helen starts a fire in the room. Everybody's like, okay. And then we see the thing that Benoit passed to her. It was a shard of clear. And then Janelle Monet throws. Eats it into the bar that's already on fire. And you can see everybody's face like, oh shit. And the place... Well, it's funny. The explosion happens and the fire like goes into the vents and the whole fucking glass onion just goes up. Doesn't like end super duper explode, but it fucks the place. Well, it does. It's it's the Hindenburg. It's a hydrogen bomb. Yes. So everything explodes. The mansion gets destroyed and the Mona Lisa gets destroyed. And we see a slow-mo moment of Helen running to the button to keep it open. She presses the button. As the fire engulfs the painting and like, oh my God, you see Miles's face and he's like, oh shit, the Mona Lisa just got destroyed. What are you doing? (laughs) His face, he's broken down. And so at that point, everybody's like, oh, what do we do? And it's funny, Miles still says, okay, just blew up in place. Like, I'm going to sue you or something's going to happen with this. You know, I'm not in trouble. And then Helen says, that destruction of the Mona Lisa We'll get back to you, and it's going to explain that clear is super dangerous. So you just destroyed the Mona Lisa. The most famous painting on the entire planet. Trying to make some, like, very dangerous fuel because you're a piece of shit. He's like, you're ruined, Miles. And Miles is like, oh, fuck. And then the group is like, yeah, we're going to testify against you. We're understanding that this is falling apart. (laughs) I saw that napkin. I saw him at Andy's house. I saw him put pineapple juice in that drink like fuck <laughs> and then at the beach helen and benoit watches the police boats arrive and i like to think that benoit knew that that was going to go down Absolutely. he just he didn't want to do it no he was the catalyst yeah i'm the tech baby i don't blow shit up you can blow shit up because your sister you need to get revenge for your sister so i'm just gonna sit out here and just wait i, I like to picture you sitting there smoking his cigar and just hearing all the explosions and breaks and he's just smiling he's like sweet she did it <laughs> so 
Katie, who is your favorite character in Glass Onion? That would be uh, Helen Brand. I wrote Helen slash Andy, but Andy was barely in this movie. So Helen Brand, um, just amazing. Janelle Monet did an incredible. Yes, she did. And the way that she played everybody throughout this movie was fantastic. Greg. So, you know what? This was going to be my honorable mention. No, I'll keep it my honorable mention. Honorable mention to Ma. She's literally credited as Ma. Duke. Oh, yeah. Duke's mom. Oh, she was amazing. Oh, Jackie Hoffman is fantastic. Yes. Having <laughs> she's in that film for literally at most seven minutes. Yep. And everything she does and says is golden throughout it. It's like the ultimate off the bench performance where you hit two threes and it's the most most crucial three pointers you'll ever hit. She was like a genius too. She was solving yeah. stuff from a distance. Yes, yes without paying attention. <laughs> Half paying attention. <laughs> she starts off by slapping Batista for her for daring to go off on her for you know being over for being a spoiled 40-year-old male living with your mother. Um, <laughs> and then as he's as everyone's having their moments where they, you know, they're all on the phone together going through the puzzles and everyone's contributing and saying little things like, oh, this is this, this is this. Batista can't get a word in edgewise and can't make any contributions whatsoever because <laughs> and I think that's like really messing with his uh, his toxic masculinity. He's feeling threatened and embarrassed because his mom's over there like, oh, it's this. It's just yeah. this. <laughs> Stop it, Ma! Come on, Ma! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was it? What's the scale? The Fibonacci scale? And he's like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to do it myself. I got this, basically. Yeah. So I'll mention to her for just being, I just, I needed more of her somehow. I don't know how I would have gotten more of her, but I would have loved to have more of her. Yeah, I'd be good. Um, but I will give it to, you know, upon rewatching. Also, wait, also shout out to Leslie Odom Jr.'s outfits, especially right? his uh, Morocco mole hat that he had going on there. Yeah, I need that hat. Sans tassel, but it looked very Morocco molish to me, and the shoes as well. But you know what? I think I'm actually gonna go with Birdie J. Yeah, she was a dum dum, but it was a funny dum dum. Yes, I'm supposed to hate this character for all the things she clearly makes no apology for, and in fact makes a lot of poor excuses for doing, such as the blackface and whatnot. But then, as the as the movie goes on, you you come to realize you're just an idiot <laughs> yeah it's like she's not doing this intentionally she's just fucking just, dumb you were just genuinely stupid <laughs> and was and I, I could absolutely see myself being in her shoes when everyone's coming to coming to the realization that that uh that andy is actually helen but she's just a little late on figuring out. She's like, oh, yeah, you told me about your sister. Wait a minute. Wait. <laughs> You're the sister. Yeah, she's just, oh, my goodness. Like, just the, the longer the movie goes on, the more you realize she's just an idiot. And it just, she does, she, she, she performs as an idiot so hilariously well. So I'm, I'm torn. Uh, big ups. Greg said it first, but big ups to uh, Ma, Duke's mom. It's funny. We started the movie and me and Katie, Katie actually said 
oh fuck i think i found my favorite character instantly mm-hmm. it's funny and it, it, it's it's a funny type of smart because when duke's girlfriend comes into the room she's like what's that she's like i don't know i don't know <laughs> hides it hides it from her she's like i don't care about you i don't want you to yeah. know i'm smart just, I don't I don't I don't like you, so I'm not even gonna bother communicating with you what it is. Yeah, I thought that was fucking cool. She's like, eh. <laughs> she could easily explain. She's like, you won't get it anyway. It's it, I'm not wasting my energy doing that. Uh, but no, I'm going with you know, just like with the first movie, the the split of Benoit and Helen. I thought it was really cool. Janelle Monet did great in this movie, and she's in just about every scene. So either you like her. Or you don't like her, you know. I guess you could be in the middle, but she actually did really good. It was fun at the beginning. We thought she was just a cold character, just staying away from everybody because she hated him. But she was a actually had a lot of emotion because she's trying to find her sister's killer, but play her sister, and so it was a lot of layers, like an onion, to her character. I thought it was really good, and the ending, which one of my seven words explains how I feel about how things went at the end I, it was just fun it felt very cathartic for her to just break everything i'm like i really needed this so uh yeah uh, but benoit like i said he's just around like like greg said he's the ultimate point guard man he sets it up and he's like there you go baby assist and he turns around he's like oh that's going in i don't have to look at that he's great and so if this is the relationship that daniel craig or benoit has with these movies where he's like i'm gonna guide you up to the finish line and then you're gonna you're gonna get past that line because I'm just a detective. I'm just over here being smart. <laughs> it's like you got to do all the physical shit. I'm not doing that. But it was fun. Like I said, it we got to see more of his life. And Hugh Grant, uh, they say it's Benoit's domestic partner. And so in this movie, Rian Johnson says that yeah, Benoit is he, he's, he's gay. He just says like it makes sense to me. So. They set that up. So I, I want more Hugh Grant in the, in the next one. I want them, you know, I hope that he's a bit of a smarty pants or actually I need him to be more of the Watson to it. And, you know, Benoit's thinking all this crazy shit. He's like, or you just left your shoe around the corner. And he's like, oh, yeah, you're right. I, maybe a ninja came in. He's like, no, it's just right there. <laughs> so, uh, but I thought it was cool. It was cool to see more of that world. That's what I needed. So, Katie, who is your least favorite character? That would be <clears throat> the entire batch <laughs> of disruptor friends. Yeah, that kind of poop. So not necessarily the uh, Edward Norton. Like Miles Braun, he was a great villain. Edward Norton knocked it out of the water. But um, Catherine Hahn, Leslie Odom Jr., Kate Hudson, and Dave Batista were just pieces of shit. They were so flip-floppity like doing whatever fucking miles had to say and genuinely Catherine Hahn's character claire the governor of connecticut quote unquote <laughs> running for united states senate being backed by a millionaire and bending to his every whim is the problem with american politics completely so message message yeah exactly <laughs> Um, and everyone else just like, oh, see, I still need funding for my science stuff. And I'm going to take the fall for the sweatshop because I can do it and it'll be fine. 
and Dave Batista just wanted, you know, to have a TV show, and he was willing to lie about his other friend's death. Yeah. Like, his other friend, who had been his friend first, got murdered, and he was like, mm, but I could be on TV, so yeah, I'll lie for you. Shitty-ass friends. Unloyal bitches is what they are. Fuck all them. Greg. I'm going to go with Whiskey. I'm taking the same approach as I did on the last film where this particular character was for the most part throughout it fairly pedestrian is not necessarily bringing you any comedy and to an extent her role or her her means of forwarding the plot could was relatively replaceable uh, I mean just doesn't quite do it for me so it's funny you bring that up greg because this is an ensemble cast again but it feels like it's less people there's like two people less than the first one i swear that family was gigantic i don't feel like there's any less it just feels like like there's more heavy lifting done by a a select few as opposed to yeah like the workload is not as spread out throughout the ensemble cast. yeah well yeah because there was the five main and then a couple of side characters like there was like the assistant and the girlfriend and like randomly claire's husband but in knives out the first one every like spouse and assistant pretty much had equal role to the main family and i think that's kind of like i said before that's kind of issue with casting sometimes you'll have people where it's like oh we leslie odom jr is in this okay he's gonna get more lines because leslie odom jr Batista is actually a great actor. You're going to give him some lines. And certain people are in the movie and they're just like, you're there and you're sexy. So we're going to have you just kind of showing off your, your, your giblets and stuff. But I mean, she had a few lines, whiskey, but she didn't do a lot. She didn't have her own personality. She was just with Duke. And it felt weird because I, for a second, I didn't think she liked Duke because she was cheating. But then you find out that they did that to get something over on Miles. So I was like, oh, she did care about him, I guess. It was mm, kind of. Yeah, it was a weird situation. But they've been cheating for a long time. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. that's probably how they got a lot of stuff because of that. But yeah, no, uh, the same way with Greg. Yeah, whiskey. I wanted more with her. But, you know, Janelle Monet played two people. So <laughs> I mean, Serena Williams had all of two lines and it was. A more enjoyable performance than whiskey's. I forgot she was just on that giant wall and was like, "Are you are you doing lesson or not?" She's like, "I don't care. It's your money. I don't, I don't care." <laughs> and proceeds to continue to read her book. Yeah, shoot. You paying me crazy money? Fuck it, whatever. So, let's do seven word synopsis. So the one I had. Oh yeah, I got it in my head. Uh, Miles needed to get his ass whooped. Now I get that these are rich, fancy people and they probably don't resort to fisticuffs but Janelle Monet was going crazy in that room breaking stuff and I was waiting on her to like crank something over his head but she went with the whole oh, I know how to really ruin you I could physically beat you but I'm going to financially beat you which would hurt more and she just sets him up to be absolutely ruined, which I, if you really think about it, she hit him harder. You just kick him in the balls or punch him in the face. 
I guess that's how you really fuck with a rich person, take away the money. <laughs> I mean, you can beat them up, but they'll just heal and come back and be like, oh, I got beat up. Greg beat me up, y'all. Just like, oh, I'm poor. Greg made me poor, y'all. <laughs> Katie. This friends group is toxic as fuck. And then idiot billionaire buys loyalties, steals IP, sucks. <laughs> Cohen suck. sucks. Semi Cohen sucks. Yep. <laughs> Greg. Greed and influence are the real murderers. You fucking right about that, dude. Avarice. So uh, this one's going to be a little bit weird budget-wise in box office because this is a Netflix film. But there was a budget. So what do you guys think the budget for Glass Onion was? Katie? Uh, 30 million. Greed? 32 million. And just like the first movie, the budget was 40 million dollars oh damn they did the same budget yeah they ran that bitch back i don't understand how they did it it. it's like they did it intentionally or something yeah they're like okay we did 40 first time we can do 40 again that's Uh, why there's less people in it yeah (laughs) in a location there's really not that many different locations there wasn't really that many in the first one either yeah you're right like they were outside for a little bit but then it's all inside yeah it was mostly the house in the first one the small scene in this in the city but mostly the house yeah Okay, so this film's a little weird with its theatrical release. So it premiered at the Toronto International Film Festival and it screened in Philadelphia and in London and in Miami. It came a lot of places and then it released on Netflix December 23rd, 2022. So there's this whole weird situation. So well, did, it not, did, it not release, was it, did it not release nationwide for like two weeks before it came on? Netflix? I think so. I that's think, it. Yeah, that's all it did. Yeah, I think it dropped a little bit. So there's a little bit it of might money. Have been only a week. It was very short. Yeah. yeah. So there's a little bit of a box office. So what do you guys think that the movie made with its tiny runtime? Uh, 30 million. Greg? 16 million. Greg with the fucking big brain. It made 15 million. Ooh, it's a small amount of time, which tells me this movie would have absolutely hit 40 easily. Uh, everyone likes what this movie does. The series, they want more. Uh, on Netflix, the, the streams, it's fucking great. It hasn't even been out that long. It's been, what, five months now? Yeah, roughly, yep. Yeah. Yeah, uh, right. yeah, it's doing fucking great. And they are actually working on the second sequel as of february 2023 so they understand that people like this and they're going to run this shit back so we'll probably see the next one in a year year and a half probably well depends on what if they're going to location or whatever so and the plot it's up to mr johnson if he's actually thinking up some shit then it can come out fast (laughs) so i have another seven word synopsis okay but it's not really it's a cast list (laughs) oh sweet hulk Harkness, Drax, Colleen, Harrow, Hawkeye, and Morbius. <laughs> there were seven MCU people in this movie. I forget Edward Norton was Hulk. Mm-hmm. Oh, the first Hulk? Edward is the second one. Edward Norton is, Norton is Hulk. Uh, Catherine Hahn is Agatha Harkness. Batista's Drax. Uh, Birdie's assistant was, is Colleen Wing from Iron Fist. Um, and then Ethan Hawke had like the tiniest cameo. Yeah, he was wasted. Uh, but he's Arthur Harrow, Harrow in Moon Knight, and then Jeremy Renner's hot sauce, Hawkeye, 
and uh, uh kombucha kombucha that was jared leto's morbius <laughs> i forgot his face is in here too <laughs> damn yeah well that kind of happens it's going to happen a lot because everything is attached when you have movies that just every cast a wide net it's yeah. just like in fucking england every english person has been in harry everything potter. yeah harry potter and doctor who except for watson from uh the benedict cumberbatch version he has not been in doctor who and he's like it feels like i'm an orphan on the other side of the You're glass right. watching <laughs> he hasn't been but he's been in lord of the rings and marvel yep. and <laughs> yeah. uh what i want i want him to be the next doctor down the road i'd love to see fucking bilbo as the doctor i think it'd be great yeah so anyway i'm sorry my head cannon my fantasies out here uh does anybody have anything else to say about glass onion Yes, everyone, everyone take everyone. There's three of us. Take uh, one guest, guest, guest. Wow, English is tough today. Take one guess as to who is going to be in the ensemble cast for the next one. I'm gonna say Robert Downey Jr. Huh? What do you got? I don't have anyone right now. I gotta like think about it. Someone who's in everything. Oh, Timothy Chalamet. He's probably gonna be in there. Yeah, maybe. I'm I mean, say, The Rock would be in it if they asked him. I don't think they'd ask him, though. Please don't. No, God, no. Ooh, get Jack Black, Jack Black in there. He'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say Brian Tyree Henry. Oh, you right Probably. about that. Yeah, I'm trying to think of people who are, like, on the cusp of being huge or, like, are right now super huge. Jenny Ortega. She's, oh, yeah. she's going to be in it. You know, I wouldn't mind Donald Glover doing something like this. Glover. Yeah. Because he seems to be kind of done with the music side now. It'd be cool if he just popped up for a movie just for a little bit. That'd be really fun. Brendan Fraser. Oh, that's a hot name right now. Yeah. And Kiwan uh, Ki. Oh, yeah. From Everywhere, Everything, All at Once. Uh, Michelle Yeoh. Uh, you beat me to it. But I was going to say, <laughs> uh, can I get fucking John Wick? In one of these some bitches. Oh, Keanu Reeves. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I would love Keanu Reeves was one of one of these. Of course, I would also just settle for going straight to the Muppets one. Yeah, I was you beat me to it. I was gonna be like, you know, the real answer is the Muppets. The Muppets. Oh, <laughs> the yeah. Muppets. Period. I want Sweetums in it. <laughs> I want Bobo the Bear in it. Oh my god, Bobo and Sweetums. Give me oh Bobo is like in the back just watching all this go down. He's like, wait. Bobo's the grandma in the Is first one. The great grandma in the first one. <laughs> He's solving everything in the background. <laughs> yeah. He's like mumbling the right answer like a second before the two people say it. I'd like that. He's okay. just Bobo is the, one of the best ancillary characters in cinema He's, cinematic history. He just because he sees everything differently from everybody. He's just like, oh, okay, no, that's really weird. Just mumbles <laughs> his observations and goes on about his day. I feel like it's got to be like Miss Piggy is the murderer or kidnapper and Miss Poogie is the one that everybody thinks it is. <laughs> <laughs> like it's got to be a case of mistaken identity oh with, between God. the Muppets and the Muppets. Yeah, the Muppets are trapped on an island with the Muppets. They're like, oh, it's obviously them. It's obviously the bad guys, but it's not. It's Miss Piggy or whatever, whoever. Like, <laughs> so Do we want do we want it similar to uh, Muppet Christmas Tale where Benoit Blanc is the sole human being throughout the yes. entire thing? Yeah, I want, I want it like that. 
Absolutely. No one else is human. He's the only human. And they don't explain why he's the only human. It's just how it works. <laughs> That'd be really fun. <clears throat> yeah. Please make it be. Have Sam Eagle be the cop that's like helping him out. <laughs> oh, that'd be good. Oh, man. I want this movie real bad now. Yeah. Please. please. Fantastic. Just, just think about Benoit trying to interrogate Swedish chef. That's just that scene. And he's like, uh, Mr. Chef, can you explain what happened on the night of the 15th? He's like, yeah, and he's like, chopping shit. He's like, you don't have to, you don't have to actually chop the, oh my, oh Lord. <laughs> he's trying to stop him from actually cooking. Hands are just doing everything. <laughs> I need this real bad. Fuck, I need this. Netflix, please talk to Disney and just make this work. I would love a Muppet movie like that. For the culture. I need it. So my final thoughts on Glass Onion is that Rian Johnson doesn't do well when the expectations are high. The expectations for episode eight were so fucking high because episode seven was great and it was a letdown. Knives Out, the first Knives Out was so fucking good. This movie did not live up to the expectations. Um. Like it, it was good, but it was just okay compared to Knives Out. So I'm really hoping that because this one was just okay and not absolutely excellent, the next one he he won't have that like build up the pressure build up on him for the third one, and he'll just be able to go back to making exactly what he did the first time or something as good as the first one. Yeah. And it might just be an idea. This idea on the island just came out this way, but next one might, I don't know, might be where he lives. Benoit lives and it's in town. So yeah, it just, there's tons of avenues that this type of genre just stays awesome. So yeah, absolutely. I'm very excited about that. Okay. So with that, that's the end of this episode. Do you have any other cool fun facts about, I don't know, Rian Johnson or Benoit Blanc or the Muppets that need to happen. This movie needs to happen. You tweet us at Allentown Pod. We have an email at it. Allentown Presents at gmail.com. We have a Facebook at Allentown Presents. So we are still trucking in the, the world of mysteries and we're going to bring out another good one. I know we're going to go, I believe we're going to go old for a few of these and we might do one that's a bit spooky. So like always, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with another mystery movie. Okay, bye, guys. Bye. It's a mystery. <laughs> He's like, I don't kill her. I don't mystery. Meep, 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 me